Well, you made it to that part two. This one has a different title. It's called Ownership right here on the What Do I Do Now podcast. My pick this day, March 4th, because of the numbers. Start with the day, then the month, then the year. It is four, three, two, one. And I think it's very fitting because after one, something's got to happen. And something absolutely happened. So I'm going to pick up where I left off from the last episode. If you haven't heard that yet, nothing I'm getting ready to say is going to make sense. So this is your warning right now. If you ain't heard accountability, you're ruining the effect. So definitely do that. But if you have, continue on. And what I do want to say right now is I'm going to become very graphic in detailing a very traumatic part of my life, one that not a lot of people know about. But I'm opening up to this part of me that I feel is necessary And there are probably things that are going to make people upset. There are things that may trigger someone that may be something that you didn't want to hear from me. And I'll apologize now in advance if it may upset you in hearing a few things. And I do want to set the record straight. This is about me. This ain't about anyone else. So unnamed characters remain unnamed because it's about me. This is my what do I do now moment. Post-2018. So now that I got the disclaimer out the way, here's the second part of the season finale, Ownership, moderated by Kyrie Shockley, and I'm the special guest this episode. Again. So, that relationship is over. Mm-hmm. Um, you're making steps to coming back here. I remember you had came to Atlanta February 2018, mm-hmm. popped up and was like, I'm in the city come visit and that was the first time you had told us that hey i think i'm about to move back yeah and me and here's well me for sure i was <laughs> extremely excited i'm like about damn time like it just felt like even though you had hadn't even been gone well you had been gone a, 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 a good amount of time mm-hmm. a year and a half mm-hmm. but it seemed like so much longer than that so what made you want to come back and how exactly did you transition from what you were doing out there to coming back to the A and doing what you're doing? Well, the thing is, when it, February happened, we got to take a month back and go to January 4th, 2018. I get called into the office at Alpha Media, and I'm looking into, hey, we just finished up the Sprint endorsement. Let's look at something else. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, I got another number one under my book, so we need to raise. I've got to figure this out because mm-hmm. I want to stay here. Let's lock something in because... At that point, I'm still part-time. I have no contract. So it wasn't at Will State, but I'm like, they can let you go for any time. Yeah. And that's what they ended up doing. Said they're going in a different direction. I'm like, uh, okay, so what, what are we finna do? Like, I'm, I'm looking like, okay, so does that mean I'm going on promotions too? Like, yeah, we're going to move on from completely. I'm like, oh, okay. So I had just gotten fired. Me and my ex at that point in time had broken up right around Thanksgiving Still kind of back and forth, you know, trying to get stuff situated. And I move out finally again. And I'm at a point where I'm like, I need to get out of my own way and just go ahead and be this assistant manager for the shoe store because I need this money now. You got to, you know, pay for bills. And then there, it's like, so I took on more responsibility and saw no uh, uh, changing my face. I'm like, okay, we got to really turn up and just leave retail all together again because 
I'm not trying to own a store. I have a whole degree, and I got to figure out how to use this joint. Like, I got to get in some type of communications field. I don't initially, and I start working for some uh, couples out there as a home health aide. And I was doing really well, and that's because I feel like my mom has a nursing background. My grandmother had a nursing background. Mother, grandmother ran a hospice. So I've always seen people take care of people that can't take care of themselves. So when I was doing that, the first family I was working with, man, just give me a second because I'm about to really get emotional with this. Um, We had gone on a walk with his walker with wheels Mm -hmm. and getting him active and we just went halfway up the block in this private country club and then came back and i was taking him he was just saying how he was gardener and then i had um opened the sliding glass door i opened the door to open it and because this walker it had handbrakes he doesn't hold the handbrakes while he's just freestanding right there the walker slides from underneath him and he falls. Now, his wife is right there on the couch, so she sees, like, I wasn't being negligent. But he does fall. He's just in bad shape. We get him to the hospital. And um, ultimately, he doesn't leave that hospital. He, he spends, like, the next three, four weeks there until he has the natural causes. But I feel responsible because it was on my wife. He was doing fine up until that moment talking with you know the wife and she just always gave me positive reinforcement when it came to that and I just I kept saying I'm sorry because that wasn't anything I wasn't I was literally just trying to that's what I would do I'm making sure the door opens and the door closes like you know it's hot you don't want no bugs in the house or anything like that so when that situation happened uh, that that shook me and then that person actually recommends me to another another family uh, it's a couple, and I take care of them. And the thing is, when I'm not watching him, that's when he's regressing, and ru- that person's running into things. And his vision kept getting poorer and poorer, and he would keep taking falls when I'm not there. Unfortunately, it wasn't a situation where they could pay me every single day for me to come through and make sure, you know, while that other person's running errands, mm-hmm. I'm there sitting with him. We go on walks, you know, we sit outside and things in nature, just really make sure that you know, they have a companion there with them. That person then takes a fall while I'm burying my grandmother. I come back, they're in the hospital. I saw that video of them in doing physical therapy, but his peripheral was shot. Like he can't see the seat right next to him. He can't see the someone holding two fingers to his left or his right. Mm-hmm. So his depth perception was you know, like he would fall. Like anytime you even slide off of something, that's considered a fall. So it was just really bad that person succumbed to natural causes as well but i lost three people in a time span of oh my goodness maybe two and a half months and two people who i didn't know but because my heart is set up i actually felt for those families i hadn't lost a grandparent since my grandfather back in college and even in the midst of all that i'm driving on i-10 out there in california and i had to pull over because I just started crying, like, I miss this man. Like, yeah. it just, it was a lot. When it comes to an idea of possibly coming back to Atlanta, I was going to come back and work for V103 and Promotions. And they had a position. I was making phone calls. I was talking to people. Like, my track record should have, like, got me in the door and got me the interview and mm-hmm. Loki got me the job. Mm-hmm. 
But, but had some people in management that apparently wasn't feeling me. And despite me not leaving that situation in haste and just quitting, putting my two weeks in, and I came back in February, I saw that individual and I spoke with him, just sat him down like, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, here's, can you like, check my air checks? And I thought that person like, you know, had a favorable enough opinion of me, but wasn't the case and I wasn't hired. So I moved back off the strength of the idea I'm going to be working at V103, mm-hmm. going back to my station the whole nine. And that doesn't happen. Then I get rear-ended while I'm lift driving. I'm like, oh my Lord, like, oh, uh, mm-hmm. my neck, my back. Ah, <laughs> my neck and my ah, back. Jay Sanders, ah. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> all bad. But, um... That's when, and I'm telling Ryan, like, I, I told Ryan the day I got fired, he was the second person I called after my mom. And I'm just like, yo, they really let me go. And uh, I'm number one in my time slot right now. I don't know what, you know, in multiple demos, I don't get why that just happened. Like, did you do anything recently? I'm like, no, nah, like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I would go harder than anybody up there. And we just always kept in contact. And that was always someone I looked to and would check in with and, you know, I be driving out in L.A. trying to drive back home to the Coachella Valley. And I'm listening to the morning show on the app and things of that nature. And I'm texting like, oh, that was a great bit and things of that nature. And his producers would call me like at 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, hey, I know it's early up there, but Ryan said you would know where this is at. And yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, it's here, here. If it's not there, it's here. Click. But my rapport with Ryan was real strong. So when February happened, and that's when I came back for Ryan's retirement from radio, mm-hmm. I was there when he started the morning show. It's like January, I think, 2nd, 2013? That sounds about right. So the thing is, me and he was, of course, the longest tenured person on the show. But the second longest tenured person on the show was me. And to be there as, you know, grand opening, grand closing... For that part of his career was, you know, kind of special. I just always knew, like, if it came back around, it was going to work. And me and Ryan never really had an issue, anything of the sort. So when he decides, like, hey, I'm getting ready to make a move to radio again. And he was actually doing an interview for someone's podcast. And he's like, if I ever came back to radio, I'm going to, you know, put a, a picture of Jordan in his 4-5. And I'm just going to say, I'm back. And I'm like, that's really eerily specific and i'm sitting here mm-hmm. like because he hasn't said anything to me about it but i'm listening to this i'm just like huh okay that's what's up uh, i'm still gonna visit the therapy because i you know back is all messed up in his wreck mm-hmm. and things of that nature but then he takes me like hey sam we're gonna eat breakfast and meet me at this spot and go eat he's like hey you know i'm getting ready to come back to to radio i'm getting ready to go to radio one and i'm gonna be on magic i'm like oh that's what's up like I said, that's a great look. He's like, I'm going to need a producer. Say less. I was already in before he sold it to me. Like, whatever he does, I always want a piece of the pie. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. So, when that came about, I moved to Atlanta on the strength of something completely different. Different, yeah. And that did not pan out at all. So, I'm just out here lifting my life away. Um, <laughs> putting all the miles on a Jeep Patriot. And... It couldn't have come at a better time. If I come any earlier, I don't know if it would happen like that. If I come later, he's getting a producer that's already in the building. Mm -hmm. So, me moving back, like, the timing of it couldn't have been more perfect. Um, Look at God. Boy, looking out out for real. He be looking out for his children, I'm trying to tell you. Well, you're one of the favorites. It's not fair, but it is what it is. Um, And been rocking since then. Like, it was November... 
Let's see. The election that year in 2018, I think it was on November 4th. I think we started our first show was on November 5th. Um, no, the day before the election, November 3rd, because we had talked to Stacey Abrams that day. Shout out to Stacey. Um, Shout out to getting Stacey. Getting the Nobel Peace Prize, really good look. Um, so it's like everything has worked out the way it's needed to. And we're doing a, what we got to do right now. But coming back to Atlanta opened a lot of wounds again in regards to things you lessons you should have learned the first time around that obviously I didn't. Yes, and I'm so happy that we're getting into that because professionally you've been steady, you've been doing great since you've been back since your move. Mm-hmm. But personally, oh God, there's been a lot. And though I wasn't that active in that particular relationship that caused you to go out to California, mm-hmm. I feel like I have been with you almost every step of the way and every situation ship of the way from mm-hmm. the time you came back in 2018 to now in 2021. And mm-hmm. so I've had a first row seat of like yeah. the foolery that is My, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the main things that we would just be remiss not talking about is like you swapping people out. Like when you came back, we came and we celebrated your birthday and all that. And then it was a swap. Like every time I saw you, you was in Miami for here and then possibly going, you know, Jamaica for here and this for here. And I'm like, where, where are you going? Who are you going with? Yeah, we see you on yeah, the gram and all of these pictures yeah. by the pool and all this stuff, but we, I don't know who these, who are your partners? Who is accompanying you? The company that we keep, <laughs> shall remain nameless, but, okay. but at that point in time, like getting back into a full swing of single life, I was absolutely enjoying the opportunity to be single and to casually date as I saw fit. There were trips that were legitimately taken with friends. There were trips that were taken with people I was involved with figuratively and, you know, spiritually, the whole mm-hmm. nine. But um, when it came to, you know, moving people in and out, they some of them moved themselves out. And, and you're done. Where I'm at in life, if I want you around and I enjoy your energy, the whole nine, if I enjoy the time we spend together and I don't get annoyed with you, we was rocking. We would go places. We would do certain things. And at some points in time, people overlapped. I'll be the first to tell you, like, as a single individual and making sure if a commitment was trying to be put on them, it's like, I don't necessarily know if that's what we should be doing. Do you think be... you were making up for lost time, seeing how you were in a committed no. relationship? No. Or do you feel like you were trying to, like, stroke your own ego to, because of how that relationship ended? And now you're back in the city, you have to feel like, to see whether or not you still the man and you still got it. Like, what was your process when you were swapping these women out? Because you were swapping them out. Summer 2018 was a summer for you. Uh, you was definitely swapping them in and out. And I think that was the first time in our friendship that I was like, Sam is not like dating one person or dating maybe two people at a time. You, they on a rotation. You got to start in five. And I'm trying to figure out what is going on because it seems... As a friend, that was totally out of your character. And it was totally opposite from what you were doing with your ex before you left. So now it was like a complete opposite end of the spectrum contrast. Okay. Yes or no? The thing is, 
No, I think I was more open and public with what I was doing oh, the second time around. Okay. I'll just be very, very clear in that regard being a toxic trait of mine. Like until I know we're like committed and all the way like solid, like I have other people I choose to spend time with. Like mm-hmm. I'm as busy as they come, but I'll make time for certain people, certain situations that I enjoy. And that's what I was doing a lot. I did the dating websites and things like that and was, you know, reconnecting with people that I hadn't heard from in a while and things like that and then met new people. And I'm trying to figure out what is going on with you. Like, this is just yeah. not, I just kept saying, Sam, this is just not like you. This is not your character to act like this, to be as petty like this, to be as low down like this. Like, is it really them or doing something to you? Or is there something deeper that you have not resolved yet that these situations are triggering you and causing you to act that way? So looking back on it, basically two years now, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about that? So I think the answer that I want to give here is I was tired. As good as I had been to certain individuals, I wasn't getting that in return. And it's not a financial situation. It's not a what can you do for me that I can't do for myself. It was just on energy, the vested time and energy I was giving to people. And I'll say this more than one. It would never really come back completely. It would always be like an asterisk or something that happens. And it's just like, whatever, I don't even want it now. So let me go to someone else. That's what I was doing. That was my M.O., If I don't get what I'm needing, I'll go to the next person. And to my understanding, that was okay. For the process that I was doing, I did not see at that point in time any type of consequences that were going to be dealt because people felt a different type of way. And I'll be honest, I wasn't trying to acknowledge it. After I felt that my feelings were discarded, I wasn't thinking about the other persons. And I say that to say this, that doesn't mean you don't, giving the other person a common courtesy and or respect that they deserve because that's not cool. But at the same time, at that said moment, I was just like, whatever with it. So I kind of want to skip and I kind of want to go to what happened. When did this happen? Is Mother's it Day. Okay. So 2020, May of 2020. Okay, I was going to say, so we're skipping a year. I'm just chilling in my bed, okay, <laughs> working from home because we are now in a full-blown pandemic in Atlanta. This is the one of the only times that we're actually shut down because we were only shut down the first two months of quarantine. Mm-hmm. And I'm never on Twitter. Again, I feel like it was all like divine intervention. <laughs> I get on Twitter, I see something, and then I get a text message from our friend Brad. Mm-hmm who asked me, have I spoken to you? And I was mm-hmm. like, you know this man be busy. I, I speak to him when he is available. Mm-hmm. Um, So no. And he was just like, I've been calling him. He's not picking up the phone. He left some eerie tweets just a few hours ago from the night before. And I was like, well, let me do some investigating. And I get on there, and you gave us all a good scare. Hey, that's proper shit. Then I let me be clear. That entire exchange from Mother's Day Sunday mm-hmm. and the week I want to say it was probably like 
four good days of me trying to be low key about it, and then Thursday night happened. So it was a uh, situation where some skeletons were trying to fall out of closets. That ones that I had rightfully earned, others that people were trying to stuff in there. People that wanted to discuss 2017 as if it was relevant to this very day. People that I had stopped talking with top of the year. People I hadn't really had any conversation with. Like, there was an understanding that we had nothing else to discuss. Mm-hmm. F you. Okay, F me. We done, ain't? Why are we discussing it? So, at this point in time, this social media account decides to gather anyone I possibly had known, just recently followed. Just any type of interaction you were definitely reached out to. And from then, they basically got people to talk to them. Now, this is a person that does not have an identity. They're using my name, my pictures, and a screenshot from a Instagram story as leverage. And the games begin saying that I'm for everybody. And there are people that actually felt the need to talk with someone they can't verify who they are, actually have a conversation, anything of the sort. And... To me, I don't operate that way. But for those individuals who, again, shall remain nameless, who either felt hurt, felt vindictive, or just outright wanted to see my many imperfections on display publicly, they chose to give up information, give conversations, give stories, some true, some false. And again, I got to take ownership of this because half of it is my issue. And sometimes I've gone to the lengths of giving myself 75% of the blame. I will take a large majority of the pie that I had to eat. But 25% of it, at the smallest, belonged to people that just wanted to see me self-destruct. It was a lot mentally at that point in time. I'm also wrestling with the fact that Ryan is in the hospital. So mentally, my headspace is all messed up. Mm-hmm. Add to the similar fact, at the beginning of Mother's Day morning, I'm in Lakeland, Georgia. It's my first Mother's Day without my dad's mom. So I went down there to spend time with her. Then my phone starts ringing, ringing, ringing. It's from a person that I'm in an entanglement with. This person's in an open relationship. This person is also married. I was just, this someone that I'm choosing to spend time with? Cool. It's what we doing. It's what we not doing. I'm on call, basically. And I'm just like, when it's my turn, what's up? We can chill, this, that, and the other. We good. This person kept blowing me up, but I wasn't really trying to hear from that person that day because of what was the bigger matter at hand. So I finally get back on the road, head back to Atlanta, and it's just one thing after another after another. They locked me from this place, so I got to get on the station page to see what they's going on. And it's just... Everything that's going on is just so damn extra for whatever reason. So there are people that it's like, oh, I was here. And the thing is with me, how I quote unquote get caught up or get exposed is because all these people ended up in my apartment at some point in time. So they, you know, they take their picture and things like that in my mirror and they like to post it and that ends up being their profile picture and all Okay, all well and good. But the thing is, we were like, oh, I was here then. Oh, I was there a week earlier. Da, 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 da. And now let's just... give them context. Let's give them context okay, of what so happened. Here's what it is. You popped up and there was a page created. Yes. For you that was called Exposing, Exposing 6-5. 6-5, mm-hmm. which is your brand name, stage name. And 
that following was that page was dedicated to posting pictures, videos, DMs, and text message conversations and recordings that you were having with various women throughout the time. I would say around the 2018 time where you were going swapping them out mm-hmm. before then and even 2019 after then. And mm-hmm. so it seemed like a collective of your ex's past, situationships past, the thing is, were all dedicated I, on this one A page. lot of people can't claim ex. Like, in regards to who I was actually with and who I actually spent time with, some of these individuals had confirmed other situations with other individuals. Mm-hmm. But my thing is for me is if we both have a good time, we rocking. When we're not rocking, we're not rocking. So there are individual times where, okay, this person's rocking with me. Okay, you're like, that's stop. But at the same time, there were, there were times where situations overlapped. But to the extent of the long, drawn-out ghost stories that were being told, and some of them were true. I got to admit, there was some truth that was trying to creep out in the center. But some of it, I'm like, someone literally was on there, oh, yeah, he's saying he's trying to fly me out. I'm like, when in this message you're trying to post, do I say I'm paying for anything? I don't say, oh, I'm flying you and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my per se. I'm just saying. Like, I've done that before, but it wasn't none of them. Like, I wasn't doing it. wasn't that. cashing everybody out. No. Not everybody was getting flued out. Not that. <laughs> I was the fluey on certain occasions. So it is what it is. There were situations and dynamics that actually led to us meeting in other places and things of that nature. But for the most part, some of the individuals that would come to Atlanta do not live on their own. Their living situations are not the same as mine. So I have to be like, you can come here. The ability to go there to where they live or reside wasn't feasible. So you're mad. You're in a place where you, I couldn't come to your place. I, I'm sorry, you have roommates and I live by myself and I have since college. I've always had my own place. I've always been self-sufficient. So we're really upset and mad about, okay, we're not talking, we're not together, but someone says, oh, Sam's about to do this and he's about to do this and we're, we're trying to vindicate and show the world who he is. And I'm just like, so you don't even speak. I gain nothing from sparring with you. So cool, but for what? what do you, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what are you trying to gain from this? And that, there are people that at that point in time decided like, all right, I need to get I gotta tell my story. Like it wasn't no surviving R. Kelly and shit. I wasn't putting nobody. But say it definitely seemed very surviving Sam six five stuff. Not saying that you were doing anything abusive or anything like that. But it was everyone was giving their sob their recollections of how you treated them well until a certain point or you made them or deceived them in a way where they felt like they were the only one and they found out later on that there wasn't or that there was overlap or that you were being deceitful at whatever point and so all of this being put on one page and then to be honest whoever was running the page was then reaching out oh, yeah. to your family members, co-workers. to your friends, to your co-workers. I definitely got a DM. Mm-hmm. Kirsten also got a DM as well from this same page. And I was just like, I don't eat. To know me is to know that I, I've never dated him. So I don't even know why you're, I don't know if you're showing me this so I can look at him differently. Or you're showing me this because you assume because we have pictures together, we've been that close, that we were once ever an item, which... For the Let's record, we know. never were. We've never crossed that line. So. This is legitimately my sister. And <laughs> right. 
it's never ever been there and it won't um we're in our own lives life couldn't make us any closer at this point that's just what it is this Mm -hmm. is absolutely my sister that's why i trust her with this interview so continue on this this page so yeah this page exposing all this other stuff it i think this person was just trying to be completely vindictive because they even reached out to my mom which I'm like, how do you know my mom's page? I don't even think y'all were connected on social media. Maybe because I tagged you in the fact that you had met her once mm-hmm. that previous year. But it was a lot. So were you aware of that page before the Mother's Day? Or were you just, ex- you know, finally put on notice for that page during that Mother's Day weekend? That happened that day. Mother's okay. Day is when that popped up. And I feel as if whenever I'm at a low point, that's when, like, they'll see it. And, like, here it is. I know when to get them. Mm -hmm. It's right now. Because they tried the same thing after my my uncle passed. So it's not by accident that they pick certain days or pick certain times. Because it's it's probably someone that's very... Like, my thing is I live very publicly with anything I've going on and wear my heart on my sleeve. And um, to have seen certain posts leading up to Mother's Day and to know I was dealing with a lot... um, and even with Ryan's situation, like from I was having to deal with career stuff that bled into personal life, and personal life that bled into the career stuff. Right. So there was really no like moment where I was even able to like check out and process anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how my grind goes. I've, I've never really stopped to process anything. Like the day or the weekend I lost my grandmother, I was back at work on Monday. I've never really taken bereavement for anything. It's just what it is. So. We are at a place on Mother's Day where someone's literally going to try to destroy and decimate my character. One post at a time, one conversation at a time. Oh, this person, this person. And, you know, there are people taking up from me and this, that, and the other. And then they just continue to berate and this, that, and the other. It just, it didn't really cease. And, I'm, and this is the part of the pandemic where everybody either losing a job, getting this stuff cut back. And mm-hmm. I couldn't get this page taken down for anything. Mm-hmm. I report every post, every single thing. And what actually blows my mind is like the initial post, just like, oh, he's for everybody's girls and was tagging anyone I've remotely been in contact with that's commented. The thing is that person that I'm in the picture with is someone that I went on two dates with and it was their birthday. I'm there at their apartment, whatever. You see my mask on the picture. And this person and I weren't even an item. We were kicking it, Mm -hmm. but... I wasn't dating this person. This person wasn't my lover or anything of the sort. Like, I didn't really, really know her. But hey, it's your birthday. Hey, here's a bottle. I'm kicking with your friend, socially distant. And, you know, he posed with a picture and whatnot. But end of the day, that gets run off for that to steamroll into everybody giving their recollection of who I am and what is, was, wasn't, things of nature. And at that point in time, I wasn't honest with myself or a lot of the people that I was dealing with at the time. It's just like, I didn't want a relationship, but I'm like, I'm cool spending time with you. You know that one person took a DM saying like, oh, I'll marry you when Trump starts acting right as an actual proposal. So I'm sitting here like sarcasm is something that went over your head because mm-hmm. everyone knows Trump ain't everyone act right. So Never. you took that very, very literally and ran with it and carried it with you like you can't coerce a person at any point in time whether a man or a woman to want to be with you mm-hmm. i didn't want to be with that person we're like we're having a good time just enjoy the time one thing that would happen while people are upset they always try to go for things that are vanities 
So it became my looks, and then my teeth were yellow, and my teeth were real big. And then it came to the financial aspect, like, oh, that's why he can't pay his rent, and that's why he's working all these jobs, and this, that, and the other. And despite knowing these people's financial situation and understanding they may not have been able to see Dennis early in life and certain things that they had going on, what you can't do is lie on me like that. I feel like that's the easiest thing you can do, but you know it's an outright lie. And at this point, I wasn't going back and forth with someone from my past who I didn't have any ties to. I didn't see any point of trying to spar with someone that I'm obviously going to lose to. And not lose to because I had no route to win, but men don't get the ability to go back and forth, especially with a woman. Right, wrong, and different. It just doesn't end well for the guy. Knowing that and understanding my position, understanding my career path, I can't get into a world with words with anyone at all. Cancel culture is real, and that's the last thing I'm giving up. And that's also the last thing that's going to be taken from me. So when certain people that, like, I hadn't spoken to at all, like, oh, yeah, y'all need to finesse him, get him for all he's worth. And I'm just like... You posted stuff like, okay, here's for gas because you didn't have gas the first day I met you. Oh, here's this for your son's medicine. This, that, and other. Like, I was in a position where I'm like, okay, here's this. Didn't ask for it back. But at the end of the day, people were being tagged and pulled into it that had no ties to me. Like, they were really trying to mess up money at the end of the day, trying to mess up a career that had nothing to do with them. So they were tagging the station. Oh, well, I mean, they were tagging Ryan Cameron. Yeah. They were doing a lot at the time. And when I got on Twitter to see what was going on, I saw that you were going back and forth with a young lady. Oh, yeah. Shout and, to her. Shout to her. You know, some of those tweets were deleted by the time I saw it the next morning. But I had to reach out to her to be like, tweets were deleted. But I need to know what you said, what didn't be said, and what's going on. Because not really trying to check you. I'm really trying to check up on him because mm-hmm. he's not answering the phone. And, you know, she was nice enough to respond to me. Okay, shout um, out to her. I mean, we, even <laughs> to this day, like, there's people that I'm just like, shout out to you. And then, God bless your heart, parts. She's mm-hmm. one of those. And it's kind of like, with me and that person's exchange, and how that person was just like, oh, so that's why you never were serious with me. And I'm just like, man, we weren't serious to begin with. But I'm glad you saw fit to even put yourself in things. It just, it made no sense. When I'm seeing other people like, oh, well, come look at this. And I'm just like, there was no type of anything with this person. So mm-hmm. for them to have any say-so and to try to maintain relevancy, I didn't appreciate that. And at that point, it was absolutely me versus everybody. It didn't matter what it was, I was going to, like, you can get this smoke. You were definitely on the you can get the smoke tip, reading I, back over your tweet. And I was, at that point in time, I was absolutely drunk. That A lot of those were drunk. There was, I was on my meat and Twitter fingers at that point in time, and I didn't care. I just, I had no care in that regard. So I had a lot of people calling. And I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy my music in the car, speeding down 285. Like, I was, let me be very clear. At this point, at this point in time, Rashad Brooks hadn't happened yet. But I was in a standpoint of like, there's going to be a cop that's going to pull me over. I'm going to make a sudden move. Cat, cat. All this happens online isn't going to be really thought of anymore. It's going to be unarmed black man that had a promising future that this, that, and the other. Like, I was thinking of post-life situations. 
it was really messed up. It was really, really dark. And I'll be the first to tell you, like, that was only maybe the third time in life I've been to that level of, I'm checking out. I was tired. I was done. I was fed up. And whatever someone had to say, I didn't have anything. That, even when it came to my brother, and we don't speak, I'll be candid right now. Me and him do not speak. For whatever reason, I have no beef with him. Mm-hmm. Love him to death. That is going to be my brother to the day that I die. But my responsibilities right now, because of this situation, mom, nephew, god kids, my immediate circle, that's it. If anybody else, that's like, if I'm looking out for you, okay, be thankful because you ain't got to be here. Yeah, you definitely gave us a scare because the yeah. tweets turned from you being combative and going back and forth with this girl on Twitter to you basically, I don't have all the tweets anymore. Um, I used to screenshot them, but I, I clearly deleted them after all of that. But yeah. it went from that to a very cryptic, two, three cryptic tweets that had went out that basically gave the perception that or the implication that you were in a dark place and that you could possibly end your life. They def- those cryptic tweets came off very suicidal. Oh yeah. Which scared your immediate crew because yeah. you made those messages and then you essentially turned your phone off for like 14 hours. Yeah, um yeah. and, and no one knew where you were. I, I shut down everything. I still um, went to work. Like <laughs> the, the thing is with the thing is with me is like even in front of a whole entire mental crisis like that, guess who had to get up for work the next day and do act like nothing happened? And people calling coworkers like, Hey, have you seen Sam? He ain't responding to anything. He turned his phone off, this, that, and the other. He's ain't got Oh, because I called. Yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. make this clear. Yeah, yeah, you did. Brad called me. Yeah. And said, I haven't been calling. I mean, I've been calling him. He has not been answering. I text him. He did not text me back. Go look at the messages. I'm concerned. I hop up out my bed. I get off of a meeting for work. And I'm like, oh, I'll have an answer within an hour because I don't have time for this. I'm a social media maven. That's what I do for my professional life. So it's mm-hmm. really not that hard for me to try to work around social media and investigate and get the necessary information and the necessary contacts to reach out to people. Right. So that's essentially what I did within 30 minutes. I had called him, called you, texted you, mm-hmm. and then reached out to two of your radio friends that I had met and kind of had a at least social media relationship with them yeah. to be like, yo, you talked to him? Okay, no. One of them was gave me the number. I called the station, and then one of them gave me the number for Ryan Cameron, and I was like, hey, I don't really know him that well, so why don't you call Ryan and let him know that Sam is missing? And he's put these tweets up. And then in the midst of us doing that, you had enough whatever in your mind to totally not respond to nobody, but to deactivate your Twitter account yeah. and deactivate your Instagram yeah. account and, and deactivate your Facebook yeah. account. Yeah. So I'm like, in the midst of us text, so and when I realized that your pages were being deactivated, I was like, well, the <laughs> is still living. <laughs> and that is, that's a good thing, yeah. but yeah. he needs to answer this phone. And when I saw that, I finally like sent you maybe another voicemail and was like, I see that your stuff is deactivated, which lets me know that you're living. You have an hour to call me back. Or I'm gonna be at the station. I'm gonna be on your head. Like you, the way that you see me, you are never gonna be able to see me like this before. If I have to come and see you, it's not gonna be pretty. Now, what you did end up calling within the time frame, but it was crazy. You had me calling random people, tweeting people. I was DMing Cameron. I was DMing the station. I was like calling. 
doing a lot yeah, for was, these cryptic suicidal messages. And it was more so, and I'll tell you what they said. I remember exactly where I was, where I was doing. I'm sitting here like, y'all better take care of my mom and my nephew. I put on everything. I will haunt the out of y'all if y'all do it. Like, I was really, I was committed. If it didn't go well, like, I was waiting for a cop to pull me over. I was waiting to get locked up that night, if not gunned down. That's just where I was. It would it just be way, way past anything I'd ever really dealt with. I do to hear say he say she say enough, but when it came down to that and stuff being put out there that was just completely false, I just got tired of it. And it, it just seemed to keep catching steam. I'm just like, I'm tired. I, I can change the narrative myself. I, if I can't fix it the way I'm trying to fix it, all right, I'm going to get drunk, you know, and just, just roll. Just roll. I have people calling that was on the page. Like, now you're concerned. Oh, no. You don't get, you don't get to play it both ways. You can't sit here and try to railroad me mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden be concerned about my well-being. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. That was really another thing that really kind of just like, ain't no way. This fake love is so real. The fake love that came out of that. I wasn't necessarily with, and that kind of, that was pissing me off too. So from a standpoint of where my brother's trying to call, people that that are quote unquote doing the exposing, trying to call. I had a few friends that actually reached out and were just like, "Don't you do this?" And I gotta you know really give those people credit because they didn't have to do that. I know like for me, seeing certain names pop up was just like, "All right, all right, all right." But at the same time, I'm not trying to see that right now. Yeah. I get the concern, but I'm just like, I don't want to see that right now. I don't want to think about that right now. It was just a heavy and a dark place that I don't wish on nobody. Like, that's that was just something that I felt like there was no up at that point in time. I was just like, and as much as I believe in God in the whole night, I was just like, there ain't no way God loved me to the point where all this is happening. Like, mm. the way it's happening, unfolding, mm. like... I'm not perfect. Some of these individuals do not have a leg to stand on. But there are people that were genuinely hurt by some of the stuff they seen. And I got to, I had to like, I ain't want it to happen like that. I was going to get back right. You know, I, I was ready to talk my way out of any and all situations. But a lot of conversations were being had without me. And or the perception was already out. And that wasn't something I was like, oh, can't, I, it's, but perception is everything. And I'm thinking, like, this is going to linger on for days and weeks to come. So, yes, that was, in my mind, the only way out. I was missing my grandmother. I was missing my grandfather. It was just like, I was done. I felt like I had done everything I could at that moment, and it wasn't enough. So, I knew that the the life insurance policy that I have through my job is going to benefit my mom and my nephew. Everything is going to be good. They can take the vehicle. It's gonna be mangled anyway. Boss say they'll never get this money from me. It was okay. like I, it was. It was everything had already been planned out. So I was just like, you know what? F it. And I ended up at someone's house that I shouldn't have been at. But that person got in touch with my mom and this, that, and the other, and ultimately let me go that night. They and I gotta. If anything, I have to give that person credit. For that, because they didn't have to do that. They could have kept my keys from me. I'm like, I'm fine. Let me go. 
And they did that. I go home. I wake up for work the next day. That's when everyone's worried. And that's when I, I don't even want to deal with anybody. I don't want to sit here and give this conversation I don't want to give. Because the bullet was way too gone for me to even try to walk back. So we go through that weekend. And that's when Ryan finally gets a hold of me because he calls the studio. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I don't have an answer for that, bro. I don't. I'm here, but I'm not here. So... It's like, look, you getting ready to talk to this guy. It's already paid for, so you just going to go. And I'm like, all right. So I talked to that person the next day. Um, and it really gave me a lot of insights on things that I had never thought, things I never really unpacked. I don't owe anyone the truth off the rip. I don't know if I can trust you with the truth. Um, I don't know how you're going to handle the truth. So for me... If I can paint the prettiest lie for you and you believe it, cool. The truth is something no one really wants. You don't want the honest stuff. I don't want the honest guy truth all the time. I read sometimes lie to me. It's okay. Like just You use se- deception as a defense mechanism. But my thing is from a point of that being one of the first lessons I learned mm-hmm. and you're seeing something and they're telling you it's not that. Mm-hmm. I learned that. I I absolutely took that with me. So even in all of this messed up, like it was awful. It was um, pretty awful. (laughs) I had to go back to the base and try to figure out where did I go wrong. And I'm not blaming this on my upbringing because my parents did the absolute best they could with me. And to where I'm at today, I give them 100% credit. At the same time, our parents aren't perfect. And when you oh, yeah. and when you break that idea down that they are just as human as we are, they've made mistakes. Absolutely, it's you know breaking that Superman Superwoman complex that we have with our parents. I'm about to say, even in your, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like even in our conversation tonight, like there has definitely been some moments where you have not owned up to whatever. It's like you know with. The first conversation that we had about the first person. Yeah, you have. I think a little bit more than you should have, personally speaking. But with other situations, it's like, okay, no, there was some there was some stuff on your end. But we're all still a work in progress. But yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. And when you go to therapy, everything stems back to your childhood. It's free game. Everything stems back to your childhood. It's it was a point in time where you know, there's moments where I'm just like if if I say something, I can probably prevent something from happening, and I didn't say anything. And it, then it happens, and I can't be like, oh, I should have told you. You got to hold that in. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've literally operated in my life off of almost that premise where I'm like, oh, I know this ain't going to work. But I'm like, nah, I'm going to play out. Like, and I'm just hoping for a better outcome. Mm-hmm. And I don't never, I've never gotten it. And I'm at a point in my life now where if something ain't right, I got to speak up on it. I'm... T- after that point, I've literally been living with no fear because there's nothing anyone else can take from me. I'm sorry I buried my heart now. Losing my grandmother the way I did, seeing her last breath, and then my first Mother's Day without her, like, in that moment being taken from me, I'm sorry. None of these raggedy and can ever, ever. That's what they are. The individuals that, even to this day, still keep my name in their mouth for whatever reason. I don't know why. I wish I had like I'm I'm 
I'll give apologies to those that absolutely deserve it. For those that are listening to this, that you know, that are stalking, and you know, hey, the, he's trying to talk to this guest he had and talk to that guest. Okay, so what I'm gonna say right now on the "What Do I Do Now" podcast, whatever I did to you, I'm sorry for it. There's a lot of immaturity that I was absolutely going through. There was a lot of demons I was trying to cast out that did not leave, and that the old habits just continued to show themselves. There are conversations I've had with individuals that I was involved with then, or even with the person I moved out to California with. We've had to come to Jesus moments where it's just like, you know what? I knew I wasn't the best person I could have been to you. It's not to say that I didn't want to. I just didn't know how. Yeah, you don't Um, know what you don't know. And that was a piece of it. But at the other time, like, I was a willing participant in entanglement. you and were absolutely I, I chose to be in certain situations I placed myself in certain situations mm-hmm. but at no point in time even to this very moment have I outed anyone what do I gain from that I'm about to say what do you gain from that and, and you regress is, yourself exactly. as a human and as a man exactly. and as a grown adult like there's that's just going to do more damage to you and it will show your character and we don't want to do that and I've literally not, I've never been a chatty patty that's one thing I know there are individuals that thrive off of that but me myself personally i don't talk i don't i don't do any you know bedside conversations i don't necessarily like anything someone tells me that doesn't end up elsewhere you're mm-hmm. not gonna be saying oh well sam told me this because i've never done that oh I, I can give you scenarios and this that and the other but when it comes down to it there are secrets that have lied in every single relationship entanglement situationship That'll never make the light of day because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And that even though I don't respect you, I respect the conversations that we had. I can do that much. That's all I can do. But not everybody, not everybody's 100 adds up the same way. So that happened last year. It's yeah. coming up on almost a year Man. that that whole debacle happened. Eventually the page, the Instagram page got torn down. Mm-hmm. There was conversations that needed to be had that were had. I facilitated one. Yeah. Shout out to me. You did. Could have went, come whoa, had the means of going completely left. Praise mm-hmm. God, I stopped that. But what do you do now? Now that you have been through all of these different pockets of relationships, all of these different pockets of peaks and valleys, both personally and professionally, spanning over a five-year gap, like... Mm-hmm. Who are you now? What do you do with the information now? And how are you rolling? Like, what did you learn from all of that? What I learned from this is the idea of lying by omission is something that I absolutely laid as a crutch. And I leaned and relied on that. So, for me, I don't think I lied directly, but I made sure not to give you the truth indirectly. Yeah, lying by omission is still lying. lying. Which just, they clearly don't know that that is the case. (laughs) If you keep something from me. Yeah. That you know I need to be privy to Mm -hmm. and that I'm asking you about, but you keep it from me. You Mm -hmm. are being deceptive. Therefore, it is still just as bad as you blatantly lying to me. And I hope and pray that you have caught that lesson and we are now being more not only honest, which I say honesty is when someone asks you a question and you tell them the exact answer. But not only being honest, but being transparent, which is I didn't necessarily ask you the question, but you took the initiative to tell me something that you had the opportunity to keep from me. Yeah. Um, where I'm at now is I'm definitely more intentional with my truth. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be. That's something that I absolutely hang my hat on now because I can't afford my mental sanity to be in a place where it was. It's 
to a place where my what do I do now is I started a brand new chapter. COVID really attacked us in different ways. Mm -hmm. Everyone I've talked Mm -hmm. to in this entire season, it's giving people things. It's also taking things away from people. But at the same time, like if you come out of this pandemic the same way you walked in, you've missed the message. Somewhere across the line, you've missed it. My message for myself was this podcast where I'm like, what do you do now? Like, especially right after Ryan's situation, I'm like, I felt like my job was in jeopardy. If Ryan's not here, there's no reason why they you even keep me. Yeah. So where I'm at with what I've learned from it, what I've taken from it, what I'm implementing now is I'm just very intentional with everything I do. And I even when another page popped up, I mentioned directly, I'm like, so what do you what are you really looking for? What apology are you needing from me that you obviously don't have? What is what why are you continuing to take my picture from my profile and make it seem like it's me and this like what do you gain from that? What what are you getting? From, like what satisfaction because at the end of the day what you attempted to do to try to break me try to like I that's did, that didn't happen didn't work I didn't lose much of anything outside of my natural mind right I've gotten that back and Praise to the God. point where I'm not really worried about opinions at this point because mm-hmm. I now where I'm at is so secure in who I am and who I belong to all the chatter doesn't really seem to resonate the same way like not going to lie, I had a page pop up last week that really? came, yeah, and it was like literally my name in the year after it, 2021, I'm like, now for like all of 10 seconds, my PSD kicked in, I'm like, oh my god, another one, like, <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm literally on my best behavior, minding my own black business, what could this possibly be, mm-hmm. and it ended up being someone that just like, hey, I'm giving out $2,000 of Oh, people. yeah, I saw that. So I'm sitting here like, all right, well, this is just going to show I've been... Scammers gone scam. Yeah, that too. I appreciate people that see that stuff, check it immediately, and it's like, I know that's not true. And can people, uh, for lack of a better word, they get what, this, what I've been through, and they immediately know, like, I know this isn't you, so I've already reported it. Sorry this is happening. Like, that's always, like, the, the script. Sorry yeah. it's happening. What's going on? Like, you got another one, man? I'm just like, no. Nah. I'm literally in a place now where there's no one in my past. And I'm just like, I wonder what... Like, I've really been able to close the door on a lot of situations that I should have closed a long time ago. There's a lot of closure and healing that I had to do within myself for forgiving parts of my past. Like, if I give an apology, I've done my part. That person didn't have to accept it. There are people that I feel like I didn't even owe an apology to that I gave one anyway. Wrong is wrong. Even if I feel like you earned that wrong, I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. I hope that you're doing well. And I literally, I'm not coming back. I just wanted to say this. Out of respect of what, what we may or may not have, that the picture you painted. So in understanding that, the intention and the very concrete and very like linear understanding of where you are in people's lives, it matters. And you can't play people's emotions. In my honest opinion, in my heart of hearts, I didn't intentionally go on like, oh, I'm going to play with her heart. I'm going to play. That's not my intention. But if that happened, I have to be, on, I have to own up yeah, to that. Yeah, it's all, it's, I will say it's, it may not be your intention. But if it happens. But, it, but it's your impact. And you definitely you impacted several women by yeah, your deception. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. or what you allowed them to believe that you did not clarify, yeah. and that backfired. 
and it exploded in this page. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad now, you know, as your friend that you see that, that even if you don't, you don't have to take a hundred percent of it, but you own what is your accountability, what you're responsible yeah. for. And that yeah. you become a better person, a better friend, a better man. And hopefully when the time is right and you're fully healed, a better partner to whoever that woman's going to be in the future. And what I've learned is at least right where I'm at now is that the way I'm protecting my personal life and my personal circle is that in, in a whole different level. I'm literally keeping what I post on social media. It's very like, it's got to be tied to something I'm doing. If it's not You're more private now about your personal, I, cause my thing is I'm protecting it a lot different. And what I, and I actually watched the, um, an episode of Dave and it's really wild. Like first off, amazing show. Shout out to Lil Dicky. During the episode, that him and this girl are going to this wedding and she's making a toast. And just like, there's a magic that she, she was giving the toast to her sister that she puts in her career and her relationship that, you know, that's where, that's where the magic is. It's like, she's so devoted to both her career and a relationship. That's why they're going to stay together. And I can say, looking back, I absolutely have not given both my relationships and my career, my hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So that was something I always worried about. One would suffer because I'm focused on the other. I haven't been able to juggle both at the same time. You haven't been successful. Figured out that balance yet. There you go. So it's either been I've been all in with whoever I'm with. Or I'm all in with work, mm-hmm. and there's never been that happy medium. I'm I'm thinking I'm working on discovering that. I'm hoping that comes sooner than later. But at the same time, I'm not in a rush in this process to make progress. Like I don't want to sit here and continue to measure 18 times and then like oh i didn't cut right or oh oh, this ain't uh, this ain't the right size like i want to like okay i've measured it i've triple checked it and when i cut it it's the perfect cut versus just messing up which is what i was doing i was messing up in a lot of areas because i didn't want to take you know full accountability of my aspect of what i was doing it's Mm -hmm. I felt like I was surprised in the highest regards to like not be self righteous, but at the same time, like you do love yourself like no other man that I know. I just, you can come across very my self again. My self confidence has never been the an roof. issue. It's never been an issue. <laughs> no, but it's only because like I have sleep on me for the longest. Like I genuinely feel that because of other things I'm quote-unquote good at, my other gifts, shout out to Rashawn Ali in her episode, that other things were hindered from me. I've always had this proverbial chip on my shoulder, and I gotta go hard for myself because no one else would. Mm -hmm. So, at this point in time, no one's gonna knock me off my pedestal, and like, especially for the stuff I've earned, and for the stuff I've grinded for, like, that's why when someone's trying to take my name from me that I've earned and built from the ground up and it's trying to diminish it. Oh my goodness. Um, it's guns blazing at that point. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll burn it down. That's just, you know, brick by brick. But at the same time, where I'm at in my career, if I do that publicly, it's, it's done. It's going to tarnish your brand. It's done. It's going to hurt. You're going to hurt yourself more. You're going to end up being engulfed by the own flames and the match that you created for yourself. And so, won't, I won't escape. Well, before we go on a too much of a tangent, I am happy that you overcame that. I am happy that we're on a better side of that. And my hope and prayer for you is that more healing is here, that you know that your progress is not linear. It's definitely up and down. Oh, yeah. 
And that whatever trauma, whatever hurt, that you can see it, resolve it, and then act out in a better place for it. Because it is for your betterment at the end of the day. You know, outside of the naysayers, outside of these girls, outside of the pages or whatever, like, ultimately, you can't worry about them. You can only worry about your response and how you react to them. Right. And I hope that the things that you've been through has now helped you to know, like, your reaction is just as powerful, if not more impactful on your life than what they're saying and what they're doing. And that you just move different. Because honesty truly is. The best policy. The best policy, both yes. personally and professionally. I'm sorry that you had to learn that the hard way, but now I'm glad that the lesson is is fully synced into your brain. Yes. Has I'm to be about that. Has to be. I definitely had to uh again step back and really put myself in other people's shoes, but also be willing to walk in the shoes that I put before me, lace them up and get to work. And I put in a lot of work and I'm going to continue to put in work. It's not over. This growth process is only beginning. I'm still in the early stages, but I'm definitely in a much better space overall than where I was in May of 2020. Oh my God, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. For your season, first season down Uh, your podcast. Yeah. Shout out to you. This came out of COVID and you've been doing such a great job and I'm honored that you feel like you could trust me. Yes. Had to bring out, had to dust off that good old CCIM journalism degree that I yes. got. Shout out to Ball State. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. Yes. But yeah, I'm so excited about this. And I know that if it's just as good as season one, then season two, three, four, and more to come will just get bigger and better with time. Has so. to. Has to. So. Congrats to you, Thank Sam. You. Thank you. I'm proud of you. And that is a wrap. Kyrie, I love you to life. Thank you so much for moderating the last two episodes. And I think you just going to be here uh, to end every season. That's just what is going to be our new thing now. I will be back with a all new season come April 2020. So stay on the lookout for that. Make sure you're following me at The Real Six and number five. Keep following me. Keep DMing me. Let me know what you thought of the season. Um, all feedback is great feedback. I appreciate the people that are leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate the people that are subscribing through Anchor, through Spotify. I appreciate you. Yes, you listening right now. This season, I was able to reach 30 states, over eight countries. It was incredible. And I'm grateful that you all were here with me on this inaugural season. So when I come back, y'all are going to know what time it is. But um, until then... Make sure you take care of yourself, and this has been What Do I Do Now?